whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. Welcome to the BSA Whiskey Underground. We're here tonight in the secret speakeasy to relax and enjoy one of the finest man-made creations on earth, whiskey. Brant. What's happening? Scott, how's it going? Uh, not too much, man. It's nice to be back down here. Uh, weather's starting to turn. I think the groundhog might actually be right this year. I don't want to jinx him, but it might be right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's still a crazy time where it, it could be mid 30s one day and 70 the next down louisiana so yeah gotta check the weather before you get out yeah definitely do it's either a mac or a heavy coat yeah. but look uh tonight we're gonna do a little, another little short pour with uh, some james bond talk and here to talk to us all about uh james bond is uh chris trossel he had a lot of fun last time so we decided to bring him back What's going on, fellas? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, look, uh, there's no better person to talk about James Bond than another another fellow fan of the film who uh, who is literally wanted to propose that we that I fly down to South Carolina and dress up in tuxedos to go to dinner and go watch a Bond film. Hey, man, I'm all for it, buddy. We'll get we'll get just <laughs> hey we I there's even uh, car dealerships down here we can run an Aston Martin. I'm just saying we can make we can make a day of it. Buddy. <laughs> We can run. We can run it. We can run us to the you know little DB five action and Jeez. get bougie. Oh, I hate to know what that what that runs tonight. <laughs> um, uh, in the words of the immortal Mil- uh, Will Smith, uh, Chris, I gotta drive. It's just a man thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and I have you and I be fighting over the keys for that Aston Martin. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, we would. <laughs> All right. Well, look, tonight we're gonna drink a little bit of bourbon. Uh, we're going to drink something that is uh, new for me. I have really never actually seen this where I'm from, and uh, it, it's something pretty cool. It's a New Riff Single Barrel Barrel Proof Whiskey. Brant, for you, this has got to be some, right up your alley. It's no-chill filtered uh, and uh, barrel proof. And yeah, I, this is something I've never seen either. I've seen it going around the page, but but no clue. Never seen this on the shelf for sure. Yeah. So, also, uh, we're here to talk about a little bit about James Bond because it is James Bond quarter. Uh, so tonight we're going to do a top five of probably the most beautiful and the most exquisite part of the James Bond film, and that's the cars. Oh yeah, that's a, one of the best. Certain part from the, uh, the the Bond girls. That's the best part is the cars, man. There, there are two things that are iconic for James Bond. First is. First is the, oh, uh, man, I don't know. It's like one, it's 1A, one 1B. One no, it's girls and cars. Girls and, and cars. And they go together. Yeah, they do. They go together like peanut butter and jelly. Yep. 
So look, let's pour out some of this new Rift single barrel. Now this is interesting. So um, Chris, about uh, what six months ago, invited me to a South Carolina Bourbon Club on Facebook, and really fun group. I highly recommend you check them out. It's not just for South Carolina people. Um, obviously, I'm in New Jersey. They've welcomed me with open arms. They do some really cool things with some barrel picks where they actually, these, you know, group of what, I think 14 or 15 guys yeah. go to Kentucky or go to Tennessee and they pick out the barrels. They actually taste these. So tonight we are drinking the New Riff uh, South Carolina Rebels. So it's kind of a, a take on Star Wars. And this is the light side. Uh, it, it's uh, it's really cool. It's a four-year-old whiskey, uh, so it's aged four years. was bar- uh, was barreled on eleven twenty-four fifteen, and pretty much to the day bottled on eleven twenty-seven nineteen. Yep. So this is so, this is a uh, bi- one of the barrel like barrel-proof program like store pick kind of thing. Yeah. Store so- pick. The bourbon club guys, the, the admins and some of the, the ones that have been around for a while, they'll, they gather up um, some cash and they, they've got a good relationship. A couple of them are uh, store owners, I believe, and they'll go up and they'll do barrel picks for the club. Um, they did a new riff before this, um, right before you got added, Scott, and just recently they did a Eagle Rare barrel pick. They went up to the Buffalo Trace and the Eagle Rare barrel pick and they had that. They, they they give little little names to each bottle. Um, barrel the I believe the where one was called pancake batter, just because I guess the flavor on it was just stupid good. Um, I did get a new riff before this one. It was the new if they call it the drift drift riff wood or something like that. I still got driftwood yeah yeah I still got that on the shelf. But uh, this this go round they did um, they went up to New Rift to do their um, barrel pick and they liked more than one barrel so what they did is they picked two and they went with uh, Star Wars theme so we're doing the Rebels tonight and they actually did the other one is an M- the Empire um, and it's a separate barrel so they're two separate bar- I did not know that or I would have bought both but <laughs> Scott bought both I did I did <laughs> so actually it's two separate barrels but I did one of the things from talking and listening in the group um New Riff is kind of known for is the how good the whiskey is for only being four years old for the age of it that the what they're doing with the uh, the aging and the, the the flavors of this whiskey it's it's what's given New Riff the popularity is the fact that it's not drink like a four year old whiskey yeah now this is a, a it's an interesting mash bill so. It's obviously bourbon, so it's got to be fifty percent or fifty-one percent corn. Mm-hmm. The mash bill on this is sixty-five corn, thirty rye. So it's a really high rye that you don't normally see in bourbons, and five percent malted barley. Mm-hmm. Um, all the bourbon is aged in fifty-three gallon toasted and charred new oak barrels. It's you know traditional bourbon at its finest, with a little bit of a, a, a different take on it because one, Brent, no chill filtered. Love it, and. And always barrel proof. The single the single barrel program is always barrel proof. So it, it's kind of a it's kind of a new take on traditional bourbon. 
Yeah, and it, so it seems, I mean, from reading what they are kind of all about is it's basically traditional, traditional inspiration, but playing on their new riff of the traditional. So they're saying that it's kind of their new standard of bottle and bond. So hence is why it's just four years old, because it's all it took to be bottle and bond. Um, instead of limiting it to limiting it to a hundred proof, they're doing that barrel strength, no chill filter, no color added, all that stuff. So um, they're kind of harping on this superior quality, um, and the only reason it's four years is because that was the minimum it needed to be, I guess, to be bottled in bottled in bond back in the day. So kind of interesting. It's kind of a new kid in town doing the old traditional way of making bourbon, right? Yeah, this one yeah. comes in at 113.1 proof and 56.55 alcohol per volume. So, yeah, I mean, De- decent proof for for a single barrel. Yeah. All right. So, uh, as we pour this out, let's get some notes on it, and then we'll uh, while we drink this, we'll talk some bond cars. Because so, uh, what what better way to enjoy a good bottle of bourbon than to talk some uh, beautiful cars? So, I mean, right off the bat. Uh, just from looking at the last, the, the Swanson whiskey we had on the last sharp pour, 11 years old and it was golden. This is four years old and it is dark amber, dark. beautiful, yeah. beautiful color, colored bourbon. Uh, when I look at this, I yeah. see that I see uh, John Hammond's walking stick from <laughs> Jurassic Park. This is a nice color. I mean, yeah. literally. So the bottle. First of all, the bottle is really cool. It's uh, kind of matte black from halfway up, or a little bit more than halfway up, and then fades out. As it, it fades out into the the glass color, and it's got raised edging with their their Riff logo plus, you know, the words barrel proof without chill filtration. Really cool bottle. I I really like it. That's one of the cool things I like about the bottle. It's kind of like Brant was talking about, their new school doing the old school. Like if you look at it, they've got the the top half of the bottle is the new school stuff. The bottom half's got the old school like raised lettering built into the bottle like they used to do back in the day. You know the old original whiskey bottles, how they used to do it. And it it's, it's an E. H. Taylor bottle. <laughs> it's, it's an E. H. Taylor identical bottle. to the E. H. Taylor bottle. It pretty much is. Yeah. Look at the uh, almost identical. Look at the markings on the bottom of the bottle. Um. It's got the same like notch on one side, but there's no markings as to who makes it. But it's got like a little notch. It could be the same glass, yep. same glass maker, same. Probably, thing. probably same yeah. glass maker. But it's uh, but it's it's got that the, the bottles, got that mix of old school and new school. So I'm excited to try this one because the last barrel pick I got my hands on, I I had I could not put it down. I had to actually squirrel it away on the back of my shelf so I would not drink it before I got the next bottle. So the nose on this one, guys, dig in, and let's get some notes on it. Proof, the proof is there. It, it's it's in the pudding. Yeah. But right. it's not it's not overwhelming though. It's got a nice like citrus flavor on the on the nose. Yeah, I get I get a I get a real. It's almost like a orange slash grapefruit smell. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely got the fruits and classic bourbon. I, I will say, for a higher proof, it's it's not stingy. No, yeah, especially no, if you not. just just 
It doesn't. You can. You can. You get the ethanol on it, but it. It's not the only thing. Like there's. You can still smell the other. Some of those higher proof whiskeys, the barrel, especially the barrel proofs. You. You the ethanol. You gotta like almost blow the ethanol out of the glass before you can smell anything else. So with this one, I, I definitely get a little. Uh, I mean, you get the sweet corn from the the traditional barrel notes. Um, you get some of that oak and the vanilla, but. What's interesting on this one, I get the spearmint or the minty flavors from the rye. Yeah, it's you, a high on the yeah, nose. I get thirty percent rye. It says. Yeah, it, and and that's really uncommon for. I mean, I never get that mint flavor on a bourbon, it's, but it's, again, that thirty percent rye does it. It's it's weird because I'm getting that 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 spearmint and that mint, but. You're also getting those also those other classic non-rye bourbon smells. So you yeah. usually get that that spearmint that mint on a rye bourbon. This is not a rye, but you get you get that you get it's like the kind of I guess the best of both worlds for lack of a better description. Yeah, it really is, and it's kind of a nice take on it where you're not limited to. You know, bourbon or rye. It's kind of a nice marriage between the two of them. I'm getting because I get that. Yeah, I take a whiff and I get, I get that spearmint and I get that vanilla one. The vanilla wood, you know, caramel, just scent right. Then they just kind of hit each other at the same time. So, I can kind of almost get the buttered little little baked buttered, not bread, but just kind of, I don't know, maybe spices. Spices, but kind of bacon spice, but almost kind of a. I want to say buttered roll, you know, but it ain't you know buttered it, roll. And then, um, it's more like, it's more like when you go to the diner, or when you go to like the breakfast place, when you go to like uh, Denny's or uh, Bob Evans, and you get the rye toast instead of white toast with your eggs and yeah. stuff. You know and what? Got butter on it. You know what? Kind of this kind of rough. <laughs> the funny thing is, the more I smell this, I get kind of a cin- I get kind of a cinnamon roll smell yeah. to this. You know what this smells like to me? Yeah. This smells like the cinnamon roll at Garden Grill. That you, you never get that, been there. They, they, they bring it out on that big old cast iron skillet, and it's like it's got that toasted butter. You know, it's got the butter on the bottom of the thing. It's just, the cinnamon roll is just sitting in butter. Oh. You get that buttery, just bread. Sounds like Venus. Cinnamon. Oh, it's so dude, it's so good. There is there is a definite spice note to it, a cinnamony spice to it. Yeah. And just a little like close your eyes and think of black licorice. There's a little tiny hint of black licorice on this one too. I get more I get more of your mint and and kind yeah. of the Oh the mint's so dark, prevalent. Dark I get mint. I get that black licorice, a little hint of it if I just do a little like a little blow in the glass and yeah, clear blow, the ethanol yeah, out. Yeah, blow the ethanol away. I can catch it before the ethanol, you know, reappears, but it just right. seems like a perfect marriage. Let's dig into this bourbon here. I really, you really do get the best of both worlds on that. You get the rye, you can definitely taste the fact that it's barrel proof, but, um, doesn't drink like a bourbon. Whew. It drinks like it a, doesn't drink like a drinks like a foolproof. Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. But oh man, but there's a lot of good. It has got like it's 
complex. Dude, it's got like cinnamon clove. Like mm-hmm. massive. That's like, what I'm massive. getting. The, the clove. That's the first thing, I, dude. The first thing I noted on the palate here is spiciness. Mm-hmm. It's got great spices, great baking spices, cinnamon, clove, a little but, bit of cardamom. Dude, but the but longer like, it sits, the longer it sits on the tongue, though, like you get, yeah. so you get, you get that rye foolproof on the front, and then you get the bourbon on the back. Like you get, you're getting. Man, if you've ever had a getting, holiday cocktail with an actual like cinnamon stick in the glass, and you know yes. how much cinnamon. You get from having a, a classic, a classic, the classic hot toddy. Yeah, like you just bourbon with cinnamon stick and honey in it. But like that's that, what this is. But what you get out of that cinnamon stick, like this is like, mm-hmm. if you if you tell me that their stick would their stick would be like there's a cinnamon stick in the bottle, I would be like I I believe it. <laughs> yeah. No, this one is really good. It's got a great spice flavor up front. There is a waxy nut, like an almond flavor to it as well that I get. Um, and then just as you, you know, drink a little bit more, take another drink, you'll taste a little bit of that, like, dark Mexican chocolate, that spicy yeah. chocolate. You get that on like the back end. chocolate. And I think that the fact that it's non-chill filtered allows you to grab a lot more of those flavors, too, mm-hmm. because it lingers on the tongue. So you're getting more of the, uh, the bourbon, bourbon-esque flavors out of this. You know, it's a higher rye. You get the rye, but then you get the bourbon because it hangs around the oil. Yeah, I mean this is really rye forward. Um, you know this is this is this was one that the way it drinks would not be half bad in old fashioned. Oh, it'd be a great old fashioned because it's got it's got the it's got that sweet spicy in it. This would be great in an old fashioned, I think. That might happen this weekend. Yeah, Brent, what do you think on the palate? Yeah, I mean cinnamon stick, but it still kind of has classic classic bourbon. Vanilla, little bit. I mean, little bit of oaky, oakiness. A little bit of char, char, but just super, super light. And then from the nose, it's got that. Um, I smelt kind of the darker, like darker chocolate-covered berry, chocolate cherry, chocolate yeah. orange. I mean, this would you know, man, this would be Chris old-fashioned with orange and chocolate, chocolate and orange bitters. Oh, yeah. if you did, yeah. Or a hazel, even a hazelnut bitters. A hazelnut bitters would probably be yeah. good on this, too. A hazelnut old-fashioned. If, if you did the Bing cherries with this one, with a, with a slice of lemon peel, or mm. uh, orange peel, yeah. man, that would be an excellent old-fashioned. Uh, also, Manhattan would be great in this. This would be an awesome Manhattan, too. Yeah. Manhattan. It's just because you get, you, get you get this weird balance between a, a rye and a... Man. Yeah. Um, the finish, alright, so it's weird. This is high proof. It's 113.1, non chill filtered. Honestly, it's a little lighter than I would expect. Like, it, it kind of like primes it. Not, and I, I don't see say this is bad. It's not watery. It's not Jim Beam 80, you know, 80 proof. But it's just light enough that it primes your palate for the next drink. Mm hmm. It doesn't. It's, it's not lingering that you're gonna set this down for five minutes, and then go back for your next drink. It lingers it just long enough to build you up for the next glass. Like the yeah, next, it gives you all the flavors, and then by the time you've gotten everything you want out of it, you're ready for the next sip. You don't have to yeah. be like, all right, let me take a sip of water. Let me, let me, let me clear the lungs out a little bit here. Let's 
No, it's definitely. I'm surprised by this one. The more, the more, I, the more I drink it, the more I enjoy it. Yeah, no, it's really good. I, I really enjoyed uh, this barrel pick. Uh, the guys that that picked it out, fantastic job. Because again, high proof. It it definitely drinks like a full proof, but it doesn't kill your palate. It, it, you know, it's not Stag Junior. Oh yeah, no, no. no. Which God, about the same price. But hang it, I've been hanging on to that bottle of Stag Junior I've had for about a year and some <laughs> that stuff's like. Whew. It takes time to drink that. Yeah, that's a. But this is like the last new riff bottle that I got, the uh, the Driftwood one. Um, it drank similar to this, not quite as complex, but the guys that I talked to on the page were like, pop the cork, let it sit open for a good 15, 20 minutes. Just let the bottle sit open, no cork on it. And I, I did that and it changed the flavor. Like it, it made it, it made it, I don't know what it did, but it just, it drank a lot better after I popped the cork for 10 minutes and let it sit there. There so. is a, there is a little bit of youngness to this whiskey, but you can't. But the complexity of it all makes you not give a shit. No, it, it really doesn't, and it kind it, of I don't know if it hides it away, but it there there is a a nuance to this where where you can taste the barrel notes, you can taste the the oak on the finish, um, but it's not like wet oak, so it's not over, it's yeah. not too young, it's. Perfect. Yeah, they, they, uh, that's new riff definitely is doing something. I would not mind checking out that distillery at some point in time because apparently what yeah. they're doing there is, like, you know, Brant said, the new school, the, the new school, and the old school, they're, they're hitting the nail on the head, in my opinion, because doesn't, it doesn't drink like a four year old bourbon. I'm pretty sure. So this is right out of this is literally right right outside of Cincinnati. There's not too many distilleries over there. I think um, Long Branch is nearby in uh, Nicholasville. They're they're but, the distilleries are slowly moving, inching their way out. They're they're moving there, you know. Because I mean, you look at Kentucky, Tennessee, like the the market, it's saturated over in that way. Like yeah, there's no. They're, they're, they're fighting over space, they're fighting over resources, because, I mean, all these old established distilleries who are now trying to come out with the different products, yeah, like the Basil Haydens and all the different ones are doing, the Woodfords and all that. So these newer distilleries are inching their ways out. They're on the outside perimeter now, so they still get the benefits, but they can, they can start something new. They're not fighting resources yeah uh all in all a good whiskey um, it is i would definitely i'm gonna have to try and make an old-fashioned out of this tomorrow i got some i got some luxardos on the shelf i'm gonna have to i'm gonna pop this bad boy open so it would certainly be a good old-fashioned oh, yeah. scott I've, d- I've done this to you before and i, and I, I taste yeah. getting this so finish root beer what okay hold on a second Root beer, hold on. Or Dr. Pepper, like it has a no Dr. Pepper. It's got root beer, Dr. Dr. Pepper or root beer. Like it's got a this. It's like a, it's got that root beer taste, but the root beer taste is not your A and W or your bra, your brass. This is like 
the glass the bottle, beer. the glass bottle, yeah, like fresh. yes, it's 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 like the old school recipes that you find on Sat the other side of the aisle of the grocery store. That you know, the yeah. you, you see the ginger ale, and you turn around and see the ginger beer. This is the the the, the old school recipe ginger. Uh, I mean, root beer. Yeah, so it's it's I get it's that. the sat. It's the sarsaparilla root that you're getting here. Uh, it definitely has that bite, that uh, woodiness to it. That uh, it's it's hard to really kind of tell. Almost like cream soda. Makes me like it even more. Yeah, it's like a cream soda. It's just some, it something at the end. Like I, every once in a while, it's the yeah. finish. I'm like, yeah. God, it's got it's got that crazy. There was something else we we, we, drank, we drank in that advent calendar that was like freaking root beer. Oh, what was that? What oh, was I that? I have to go back and look at the mention. Um, I know it's in there. I know I had it in my notes. That's kind of that's kind of like me when I drank uh, Angel's Envy for the first time. Like I like I could put my finger on it. And as soon as I thought about it, I handed the bottle over to Lauren and I was like, "Smell this." She goes, "Banana bread." I'm like, "Holy shit, you're right!" Like like Angel's Envy tastes like liquid banana bread. To me. We made we made Sydney come in, come down to the speakeasy and, and, to, and smell yeah, it. Yeah, I remember that. It was the uh, it was the Glen Turret fourteen year. Oh uh, yeah, Glen, yeah. Uh, nineteen Advent nineteen. Dr Pepper and dark fruit, honey barley, thick. Ooh. Blueberry forward. Fresh berry cream. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird baking spices. That was a weird complex whiskey. We we both rated 90, that really high because it was really good. We had a 91 on that one. Yeah. That's right. All right. So, look, uh, we're going to sit down and enjoy this whiskey. And while we do, go ahead and pour yourself a dram here because let's talk the let's best talk, part about talk, Bond. Let's talk cars. Let's talk cars, baby. All right. Brent. Yes. You're ready to do this. You're going to participate this time. No judging. I'm actually in. Yeah, no judging. I'm in on this one because some of these are just – no brainers, but I, I have one that's kind of a an oddball. So, all right, all right. This so time, Brent, are we starting? Are we starting? At, are we starting at five and working our way to one? Or are we going to one to five? No, we're gonna, we're gonna, you always start five to one. You got to build up the anticipation, man. God, you're. I. You never go. Your Friday. Off, your Friday you. nights must be awful. Just start with the best <laughs> and end with the worst. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with number five, Brent, because you participated last time. Let's start with you. Let's I didn't get you participate in this one. last time. So. No, you got a you got a participation. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So this is my oddball. Every other one's a, 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 a classic. Oh yeah, this is this is definitely my so, oddball too. Classic. So, um, <laughs> great movie. One of my most favorite movies awesome scene to start the movie off before it really starts rolling Bond rolls up in a car that has a screaming 220 horsepower top speed of 152 miles an hour 0 to 60 in 7.3 seconds and a 5 cylinder from American manufacturer oh okay I know what this one is Ford it's basically yep. like a f was an American car. The American car, I want to say, was the uh, oh fuck, they don't make it anymore. 
Um, but it was like their mid-size sedan. It's a Ford Mondeo, is what it was in, in Bermuda. It was, but it was it, a Taurus. No, it was smaller than a Taurus. What was the one? That, no, no, it was, no, that it, it was right. It came out about this time. It was a totally new name from Ford. They don't make it anymore. It was one step below the Taurus. Oh, the Fusion. Fusion. The Fusion. Fusion. So this was the Fusion yes. prototype that wasn't out yet, and it was an ST model. It was all soup. It was souped up. I mean, with 220 horsepower and a five-cylinder straight five-cylinder engine but bond gets this this is his mi6 rental car that he gets and he's kind of pissed because he's in a ford a ford rental car shows up to the uh shows up to the one and only club for casino royale first of all this this is a four no five star four seasons resort this is one of the nicest resorts in the world and bond rolls up James Bond of all people in a, in a what rolls up in a in Ford Mondeo, which is twenty-two thousand dollar, twenty-three thousand dollar, yeah. like four-door mid-size sedan, but in classic Bond yeah. style, right? Gets out, gets out, parks the car, gives the keys to valet, walks down, ties his shoes, and the dude pulls up in a Range Rover, flips him the keys because he's in like a white shirt, and he gets in the ra- gets in the Range Rover. But but you know. Bond's been at a if you if you look Bond's been at a bunch of different Ford cars throughout the time. So I mean, oh yeah, I mean, he's, been, he's been in, but he's like, been in the, Mustangs. He's but like been Scott's in, saying, Fairlanes. Mi6 knows he's going to this club. They know what's going on. Yeah. They rent him this car, and this is the car he gets from the rental, the rental place. Now, well, yeah. they they know well they know he's gonna fuck it up. Well, so. don't get me wrong. It's look, a, it's Bond and it's a car. Look, freaking you know, twenty one year old me would have loved to have a. You know, a, S, a ST turbo Ford. You know, yeah. Ford. I've been like nuking the front tires in this thing. Melt, melted that bad boy to the ground. Yeah. What I find interesting is that this car was built as the everyman car. The Ford Mondeo was from 1995 to, to I want to say like 2017 or 18, maybe even 19. The world's greatest selling car. I mean, this this car is sold around the world more than any other car. It is an it is an absolute uh, staple of the Ford line. And uh, I, f- I forget what happened to it. Well, Ford Ford just then. Ford. So about seventeen or sixteen, Ford just Ford stopped making cars except for mm-hmm. except for the Mustang. So everything rolled into and and the uh, the SUV they make now. Well, they make the. What do you mean? Well, they, I'm saying they just they stopped making like four door sedan. The fusions, the fusions oh, yeah, gone. Yeah. The Focus is gone. The Taurus is gone. So if you want a Ford car, you have to buy a Lincoln. That's that's big, yes. and that happened. Big old, that happened big, old in, big old tank of a vehicle. Well, they have some kind of sportier Lincolns, but yeah, the Continental is freaking badass. I mean, that it was a yeah, it was freaking tank of a vehicle. But yeah, but it's a beast. So, yeah, so totally oddball. Totally not what you think about when you think about James James Bond. But I just thought it was a funny, mm-hmm. a funny moment when he's like cruising down that beach highway with the windows down and you can kind of tell like a little bit of Bond disgust in his in his face. Well, you know, it's funny because Aston, at this time, Aston Martin is still under the Ford brand. So, um, it, it's kind of like you want to be James Bond you can still be James Bond and, and drive a Ford and oh, it's t- it's, it was like it. it was totally product oh, 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 absolutely. So absolutely. Uh, the article I read, I mean, you, the article I read about this is that this car, 
this version, this new body style, and I guess before it went to America as the fu- as the fusion hadn't came out yet. So they literally shipped this thing like wrapped up, like sealed and wrapped to the Bahamas. So like no pic, no pictures would get taken of it or anything before the the, the filming. So you, hunt, you bet your ass when this movie came out and people saw it, and then boom, you know. However long later, James Bond. Yeah, James, James Bond's, Bond's driving it. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I'm pretty sure in the in the movie you don't know it's the foreign version Mondeo. It just looks like a fucking Ford Fusion or whatever. Whatever that. I'm sure there's yeah. some code name or corporate name, you know, num- number it's, for it's that. Literally, it's literally, it's you know, it's a Ford. Whatever. Literally the same car, just different badge. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's my, that's my oddball number five. Chris, what's your number five? My number five is going to be, as much as I say I don't like Pierce Brosnan, it's going to be the, uh, you know, the classic BMW from Octopussy, Goldeneye, Tomorrow Never Dies, World's Not Enough. So some wait, of those, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Some of those BMWs were just they're. I mean, there's, there's you've listed look. like you've listed four cars there. No, I mean yes, the BMW. I'm talking about the brand. Yeah. Okay, so they, which they, which version? Wait, did you uh, wait? Did you do which, did you what, do brands and not the actual car? I did. No, I mean, well, this is the only one that I did. He do literally movies. tried to. He no, no. He just tried to. Yeah, because there's BMW, like four okay, cars and put them in one. Okay, so okay, so my four through one are for our specific four movies. Okay. But number five. I'm just going with a BMW. Um, I think if I had to pick my favorite one out of all pick, of them, pick I'm gonna one go of them. With, I'm pick gonna go one with Gold, them. big one from Goldeneye. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna debate you on this for real quick oh, because shit. let's talk about this. It's a nice car. It's the Z3, the Z3. Beautiful car. It's it's literally the uh, the midlife crisis. You know, it's the poster boy for the midlife crisis. It is a small two seat convertible. You just divorced your wife. You're looking for something hot, and you know Q's gonna outfit this with all the gadgets. Uh, I, I forget all the gadgets that it has in it. It's got smoke screens and guns and missiles and and Chris, how many of those do you see in the film? None, none. Really? Because guess what? He only drives it during that little drive to Cuba where he trades yeah. it to Jack Wade. Because it's, yeah. it's for a it's, plane. It's bulletproof stinger missiles behind the headlights, all point ra- radar system display, self destruct system, emergency parachute braking system. Damn it, Brent! Yep. Get off of Google. I know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going read this. Like, what the hell? And guess how many? How much of that you see on film? None of it. Yeah. What? None of it. And that, that goes back uh, to the whole. That goes back to the whole product placement. Product placement, totally. But then you get into the whole. I mean, I like I, I liked the gadgets and the cool shit because you know what guy doesn't like you know rocket launchers on his fucking car, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's not Ian Fleming, it's not Ian Fleming's no. James Bond. All right, let's let's we're gonna stay with this because this this ties into my neck number five. Hold on, my hold number on, five hold on, hold on, hold on. is before you before you you start, the, just so you know, there wasn't this was a this was what movie that movie was ninety five. Yeah, mm-hmm. 95. So the, yeah, 95. So the first year model, just 
to tell you how terrible this car is, Chris, because I just got to tell you how terrible this car is. <laughs> the first, it's a horrible car. The first car. model that came out was the 95 model. So, yes, product placement was obviously at the key, right? Because it's the first model you know, that came mm-hmm. out. Had a 1.8 liter four cylinder that put out 114 horsepower and went. Zero to sixty in ten point five seconds. The Ford Fusion, my, my lawnmower. The Ford Fusion would have smoked this car. Smoked this car. My lawnmower would have smoked this car. Smoked this car. Hey, this was like, but this to me is like the. This is the uh, Porsche Boxster of like. Of, uh, yeah, it is. It is. Of, but look, we're gonna we're gonna stay with this because okay. uh, my number five is actually also a BMW. Uh, and Chris, I was hoping you would would pick this because I think in a movie that that features an Oscar-nominated um, actor that features uh, two of the best breasts in the entire Bond film. I mean, they are real and and fantastic. Tomorrow Never Dies, the BMW 750 IL. Okay? okay, it's not it's not the greatest Bond car. It's a, it's a family saloon car. It is a big fucking boat, but it's got some of the coolest gadgets. Bond controls this from his cell phone. Yes, yeah, the, the one where he has the, is that the new Kia flip phone, right? Where he flips it yep. open, he's, he's in the he backseat of the parking garage. He's got the controls, the, he's the watching the video. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. There, there's All a right. scene where Bond is basically uh, running around this parking lot, this parking garage. He's not even running around, he's in the bam, damn backseat yeah. of the damn thing. He's in the back seat controlling this, and the smile on Pierce Brosnan's face, like boys with toys, and and I love this car for for that reason only. It's it makes it makes only one appearance in the film. It's a quick five to ten minute scene and it's, where it's he's running little, around. It's the literal one that Hugh tells him not to fuck up. Like, he's and, he, like and he crashes it off he, the roof. He takes <laughs> it off the roof <laughs> of the parking garage. But <laughs> at least he returns it to the Avis counter. He does. He does. It's all fucked up. All awesome right, car. Right, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. who doesn't want to control their car from their phone? Yeah. Which, which you know, back in 1997, is no, you know, is a novel concept. Now you can kind of do it. Yeah, because what I mean, it's, it's a great doesn't car. Doesn't like Hyundai have a freaking self-parking thing that you can control? Yeah, Buick does. Yeah, thanks. Buick does now. Thanks, thanks to the Boston actors for that commercial. Oh God, oh, that was horrible. Dude, that was horrible. <laughs> Kill me, for, kill me for that commercial. That yeah. Was horrible. So yeah, I, look, I do like some of the BMWs, and we'll uh, quickly talk about it. Chris, if you would have said the Z8 over the Z3, oh no, no, I would have totally no. got you on that okay, one that, because that at car least was cooler. That car was cooler, and it got a better engine. It got a, it got the actual uh, you know Bentley engine, and it actually had some screen time, not just driving uh, some Russian. Uh, yeah, I didn't like Natalia. Scott, whatever. so your your seven series BMW first car mm-hmm. ever with curtain airbags. Really? Yep. Really? That that series that series. Wow. Wait, first first car ever or first BMW? No, first car ever that series that it was wow. the, it was the E thirty eight I guess was that. Um, so like nineteen ninety four. That, 1994 or that five. rendition ninety four to two thousand one was the BMW. It was called the E thirty eight. I guess that was that. Um, what do you yes, call? Yes, that was the predecessor. That generation, that generation. Mm-hmm. First car ever yeah. with curtain airbags. First European car with satellite navigation, and first BMW with a built-in television. 
So a lot of first. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was the first and, oh, and first and, seven and, series with a diesel engine. And by the way, Chris, my uh, my giant boat of a car, my I mean this. By the way, this car is huge. It is uh, two hundred and one inches long. That's a boat. Uh, it goes zero to sixty in six point three seconds. Ooh, beats it be, even beats my Ford. So you had the fastest car of the number five, uh, the number five slot. A boat, the, the boat that can haul ass. It's it's got a three hundred and forty-six brake horsepower engine. Yeah. I mean, it's that's it's, it's a big car. BMW knows their shit. I mean, I think they it, can say they, they do. They do. So that was it. So, so yeah, the seven fifty was, was in the movie, but they made a seven sixty that had a V twelve. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they even had a V twelve. I, I, I think the the popularity of the seven fifty from the movies helped spawn you know, everybody everybody got all jazzed up about that, so they came out with the seven sixty not long after, I don't think. I don't know exactly when the show. No. Alright, yeah, so anyway. We moving on to number four. Yeah, now? so yeah, let's so, go number four. so as we move up into more realistic choices, if someone calls, if someone calls one of your cars, should we just all talk about let's talk, talk about, about it and say yeah, say what number it, it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and kill. Yeah. Let's go ahead and just. Okay. So 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 moving to number four with four for me um, was hold on. Let me. This was uh, a Pierce Brosnan car. The only one that made that made my list. Ugh. My list was the Ugh. the Vanquish. The Z. The Vanquish. Uh, uh, yeah. Is that the look, I don't. Is that the invisible one? Yes, yeah, from the ice. Uh, from the, I, the I ice, don't. Uh, I don't hate this. I don't hate this. And a lot of people, you know, here's the thing. A lot of people say, "Oh, the car goes invisible," and we'll get into some more unrealistic but if, but if cars look, if as we the, go along. But here, but it goes back to the whole Brosnan. Gadgety, look, kitsch, look, die another day was. But see, here's the thing for me. Here's because this is about the time that I started getting into Bond. This car, though, at that time, was very forward thinking. Like just the car in general yes. was very, was yeah. very futuristic, forward, very bubbly, very bubble-eyed, very big smile front end. I mean, it was it was like nothing else that that you saw. You knew it was see, it was clearly see, see to me. It had, and to me, it just had that, that. It was just, I saw it. And I'm like, oh, Aston Martin. Yeah, but I mean, you look at it today. You I look at it today, oh, but in, but in that time, yeah. in that time, in that time frame, it, it was, it was new. It was cutting edge. It was, it was sleek. And I, I mean, I did love the look of the car, but they lost me with the whole invisible thing because, like, the dude. Oh, hit, you're right. Hey, no, no, you're it. right. Your 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 Z3 that had a parachute breaking and radar. <laughs> hey, 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 you're right. right. That was way hey, more realistic. Hey, way hey, more realistic. Bulletproof. Hey, hey, way more realistic. You simmered. I mean, I'm not saying anything I, bad I about your like, car. I'm just saying the invisible car thing. I do like the Vanquish. I think uh, yeah. Q introducing the Vanquish is probably one of the best uh, best scenes that that Q has. I do um, like the Vanquish. That's or the actually, one no, it was that R was the, at the time. It was R. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It was John Cleese. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. The Vanquish was the one that had the brand. Your Vanquish, the one with the invisibility, that was also the one that had the uh, the tires that had the the spikes that the came out, right? So, yep. Yeah. Oh, that I liked. When that happened, I was like, dude, can you imagine living up like in like Jersey and having that option on your tires in the wintertime? Like, just be able to push here. a button, have your tires just go, <laughs> like, spikes kick out, and you'd be able to drive in the snow. 
Like I think the I, I think the coolest part about this this um, this car was the chase scene between this and the Jaguar uh, XKR. Great chasing. Fro- the frozen lakes yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the frozen, frozen lake scene. Yeah, like going over that skidding. I mean, I mean, let's just you know put us. I mean, put aside the fact that they're both just amazing cars to be driving, but to drive them at high speeds on ice, like the amount yeah. of skill that that must take. Oh yeah, the stunt ins- drivers on this it, one were it's just insane. outrageous. I mean, you got. I mean, I mean, those cars are not, you know, they're not fucking built for that shit. But they were driving them no. things like you could, you couldn't even tell that they were not intending to, you know, yeah. die. <laughs> I mean, this this car was kitted out. It had shotguns, machine guns, rockets, uh, remote control, flamethrowers, uh, tire spikes, camouflage, uh, bulletproof, radar, or, you know, thermal imaging. I, it was I mean, this, fucking this, this, invisible. This car was kitted it was out. Invisible. It the, was. The, the, the it, whole bulletproof thing, Eve, is, is more impressive when you think about it. The whole car was bulletproof, but yet it could drive like that? Like, I mean, you can figure that thing has got to weigh triple what it normally does if it's bulletproof. But they could drive it like that? I mean, that's impressive. Even the windshield. The windshield and rear screen were also bulletproof. Yep. All right. V- so, V12. Awesome, awesome, I'll give it to you. Awesome V12. Car. V12 the, total bomb I tried. Car. I really tried to make this one make the list. To me, this one ranks in, like, the 6, 7, 8 category. Nearly made my list. Yeah. All right, all right. All right, Chris, go ahead with your number four. I had two for my number four, but I'm going to go with... You can't, you can't I know, do this. I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. But the one I'm going to go with is the AMC Hornet X from Man with the Golden Gun. Okay. I just, I like the look of that car. I don't know what it is about it. It's just, it's just, it's slick. It's just, it's got that, it's got a look, man. It's... It's an American muscle car. It's it is, but it's not a big American. When you think about American muscle cars, like it's not. It's, it's a Rambler. Yeah, but it's it's just I just love the look of it. I love I loved it in the movie. So for me, it's got to be the MC Hornet X. That's that's just. That you know what I I I think this is, you know people people think that product placement only came about with the Brosnan films and the Craig films. Oh no. Let oh, me tell you something. No. They started that bullshit way early. Oh yeah. All right. So this, in this film, yeah. in Golden Gun, Bond goes to Thailand and finds himself in an AMC dealer. With Sheriff. <laughs> with Sheriff J.W. Pell. Yeah. Alright. Let's, 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 I mean, if we're being honest though, the entire aspect of the cars in the Bond films are nothing but product based one. Oh, of course not. Because if they cared anything about making the cars cool, they would just have their own like specialized car that they made up. Yeah, the Bond. These the Bond cars car. throughout the the Bond the Bond car exactly, Brian. Like these we'll get cars. These cars are nothing but product fucking placement, and not that no, I'm complaining because they're all just fucking awesome ass cars, but. That's the one thing Bond, the, the Bond franchise did is nail nail the head when it came to what cars they picked. But yeah, yeah, I mean, but me, I mean, I just the a, the Hornet man. I mean, dude, if I get my hands on one of those bad boys today, I'd have so many speeding tickets. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 
it's a, it's a nice looking car. It's got sleek lines. It's got that classic '70s muscle car, but a, in a more compact version. Yeah, I think, exactly. Um, didn't didn't Scaramanga actually have an AMC? Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? The Matador, I think. Yeah, the AMC Matador and, Bond and that or the into AMC the X. Yes, the yeah. Matador is the one the hatch the hatchback. The hatchback. Matador is the that, hatchback. That's and then he one, turned that's that, the that into a plane. Did, that's but is the Matador? That's the one that did the barrel. No. No, this did the barrel roll. Yeah, this did the barrel the roll. The Hornet X did the barrel roll. But yes, the Matador is the one that changed that, that backed into the barn and hooked up and became a plane. With yeah, that was old, cool. With old girl in the bat in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Yep. What was yep. her name? Honey. Honey Rider. Yes, Honey Rider. That was Honey Rider. Honey. Honey. Honey Rider, right. great name. What a name, <laughs> Honey Rider. So yeah, all right. Well, yeah, it's no better than Octopussy. So it was an AMC. Right. It was an AMC X. I mean, AMC, it's Hornet. AMC, AMC Hornet. Hornet. The AMC Hornet X, which was the uh, I guess what you would call a coupe version, short, mm-hmm. the short. So it's only two seater. It's a okay. two seater basically. It's that's, got the back windows, but that's just for show. I'm just trying to figure out yep. what. What thing? What like engine was this? Did it have? Because they make they made a model with like a four cylinder all the way up to like a freaking five point nine V eight. I think it was a. It, it, was it doesn't the, say. It, I mean, I think the X might have been a James Bond things. I'm sure it was. I've, I mean, first of all, most of the most of the cars put into James Bond films are prototypes. They they don't uh, they don't sell these directly. Um, so this one, it looks like it's a. 4.2 liter V6. Or I6. Six. No, straight straight line six. I6, six, yeah, yeah, but then they also had a three. They also had a five five liter V8 on those things too. Yeah, and a five with nine. A three shift, a with five a three, nine V8. With a, they had a five nine V8 and they had a That's... three speed shift command on it as well. So when did when did when did it doesn't it doesn't tell you the powertrain doesn't really tell you years on the powertrain. What year movie was this in? Seventy four. So seventy four. So that would have been the five point five one zero. So, so seventy four says all four yeah. all four versions of the Hornet were mostly carryovers in seventy four. Minimal trim change or front blah 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 blah. New five mile station standard license plate moved up position. Hornet body style. Doesn't really doesn't tell you. Well, that would be the but that would be the V if it's that seventy four that'd be the V eight the five point liter V eight then. Yeah, the 5.0. Yeah, that'd be the 5.0. I am not, not again. Good. Big engine for a small car. Yes. Hey Amen. Whatever. Yeah. Car sexy, especially in that cherry red. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Great car. Take it all. Day all right. Long. So, um, number four for me comes in with probably one of the least notable films, and I think this guy, George Lazenby, gets more screen time than uh, this guy, who actually starred in two films. Timothy Dalton drives the Aston Martin VH Vantage. In 1978, in uh, the living or the 1987 film Living, living Daylights. Daylights. Yep. Love this car. This is Britain's first real supercar. This is the first time that a, a British motors company puts out a, a a really top top of the line car. This one, when it came out in 77, mm-hmm. or uh, I'm sorry, in 86. Um, is a 438 brake horsepower, 170 top speed, 0 to 60 in 5.4 seconds. This was a beast, and it rivaled some of the top sports cars across the world. Hmm. But in the film, 
it gets things like skis, <laughs> yeah. uh, missiles, heads-up display, lasers in the in the the wheel wells. I dig this car, and I think, and, and again, skis, man. Skis. <laughs> whatever. Well, yeah. <laughs> Skis. It's a, it's retractable. Brett, your car turned invisible. You don't get to judge skis. Okay, calm down. Skis? This one, this one had tire spikes. I guess if my car had skis on the ice, it wouldn't need to have been invisible. <laughs> true. This one, it's but this true. one also had tire it's spikes. True. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I love this one because it's it's a, such a beautiful car, and partly because in 1995. When I'm about to turn, uh, when I'm kind of getting ready to get my license, turn 12. My dad, no. <laughs> uh, my my dad and I go to a, a car dealership in St. Louis, and we look at a 1987 Aston Martin Vanquish. It would have cost us two thousand dollars to buy it. Why it, the it hell did you not own one? Because mom said no, and mom apparently ruled the roost, and that's why my dad is castrated. That's why, that's why you don't talk to your parents anymore. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Jesus. I still you blame, had, from, blame you them had for the, this. Wait, you had the opportunity to own an Aston Martin Vanquish mm-hmm. for $2,000? Yep, and because it needed a lot of work, it de- it definitely needed a whole new engine. I would, but not, I would not be talking to my parents either at this point. Oh I my don't, God. I don't, for that reason. Jesus Christ. But yeah. Uh, beautiful car, and and so much that they actually brought it back for No Time to Die, and some of the yeah. promo photos that we've seen so far, Prince Charles, or no, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, Prince Charles, Prince Charles showed up on set to take photos with uh, the Aston Martin V V8 Vanquish. Yeah. It's a beautiful car, man. Was it a beautiful effing car? Lauren told me she had uh, the opportunity to buy an Aston Martin the uh, DB5 in Charleston here a few years back for $80,000. Oh, she and, bought it. And it's, she said, she asked him what was wrong with it. Oh, it had been wrecked and repaired a few times. Dumb. I'm like, I'm like, and you didn't, buy, you didn't buy it? She's like, no. I'm like, it's $80,000 $80, for an Aston Martin DB5. Like, well, why? Like, I don't even have, I don't have, I didn't have that kind of money, but I mean, it's the same shit. I would find That's a way a to buy it. Yeah, I would. I'd have taken out a second loan, a second mortgage on the house for that. Sell a kidney. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, a great car, and honestly, Timothy Dalton is is not the greatest Bond. I think he's actually the worst. He's, I like Lazenby over Dalton. <sighs> I see. I gotta. I gotta flip flop. I gotta flip over you there. I like Dalton over Lazenby. I, I think. I think they're both a product of the time. They're fillers. They're fillers. They're nothing more than fillers. That's all I Yeah, own. yeah. Uh, but great, great car. Best best part of uh, Living Daylights is, uh, oh, is yep. this car. I agree with that. All right, Brent, you're number three. So, I mean, we talked earlier about um, what Chris said, something about all the cars are about product placement. You know, if, <laughs> if it wasn't about product placement, they'd make a cool car that was just for James Bond. Yeah. Well, I mean, DB, DB10, Aston Martin DB10. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join you, Brant. This is my number two. Okay. So this, this is my is, number this, three. I'm going to foreshadow this. This is my number three. My number so, two. All right. So I, I love this car. Uh, I love I it. I mean, it doesn't exist outside of the world of Bond, right? No. No, it's, it, li- it was literally created for the movie. 
Aston Martin said, there you are, know what? There are, a, I think, I believe there are well, there's, no, there's like, five no, there's eight, floating around on the general market. There's eight of them and two show cars, but they were all eight were used for, for Spectra. So I don't know that they get fucking blown up. I can't, I mean, I don't. No, they, they all got destroyed. Two of them are still around. One they made later on and sold for like, okay, yeah. I don't know. I, I want to well, say it was got, like 3.4 million pounds. You have, million one, you have pounds. one in the Bond car museum now, right? There's, yes, yes, one still in the museum. The show car, the hero car. Yeah, okay. I mean, yes. But, Ast- okay, if you were to say Aston Martin anything, I, uh, and we're related to Bond, I'm in. Because Aston Martin just makes a sexy fucking car. Oh, yeah. It doesn't it matter does. what the fuck Absolutely. it looks like, it's a sexy fucking car. My, my personal favorite Aston Martin is the DB5, but that's just me. Yeah, look, we'll get into that. I'm sure we'll all get into that shortly. Just this car was about DB10, Chris, if you hadn't. Yeah, I know, but I'm just DB10. saying, Aston, if you're talking about Aston Martin, Aston Martin just makes a sexy-ass car. And the DB10 is, is a gorgeous-ass car. And the fact that they kind of kept the same yeah. color scheme with the Aston Martins, like all the Aston Martins, well, if I recall it's correctly... it's Aston Martin silver. Yeah, if all it's, the it's, Aston it's Martins... It's an actual are, color. Is it really? It's an actual color? Yeah, Aston Martin silver. Oh, shit. Okay, well, I thought it was just coincidence, but damn, oh, no, that's no. nice. So the, what I love about <laughs> what I love about this car in the film is that this is sort of the regeneration of Q Branch. So Q Branch is this the John Cleese? No, 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 no. This is uh, Ben Winshaw. Ben Win- so okay, there is no okay. Q Branch in Casino Royale. There's no Q Branch in um, Quantum of Solace. Q Branch doesn't get reinvigorated until Skyfall, which they do their thing here. But this is where Q has his own like his own thing. Mm-hmm. He's down in the basement. Um, and he's like, this was meant for you, but, uh, we've reassigned it to double or not. And mm-hmm. it's got, it's not like perfectly kitted out. It's literally has it's a shell. The, it's a shell. Yeah. Well, it's the shell, but it's got like, sl- uh, you know, switches and levers that, that are, you know, linked up by wires still there. You know, the wires aren't buried anywhere. It's got, uh, labels made on a label maker. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. literally a spy's prototype car. And that's what I love about this. It's quintessentially Bond. And if that's, Chris, you, if that's the car, I would, like, if they literally, I was like, you know what, you give me an Aston Martin, you give me that one from the movie. Just bring me that un, un, unwired brand, unlabeled car, yeah. and put it in my driveway, and I will never drive it, but I will just stare at it. The so, closest you can get is the DB11, which is a production model of it. It's I, I don't want the production enough, model. Not, I want, I yeah. want the sh- I want the, the movie I model. I want the I wires know. everywhere. The, 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 the problem the, is the hood doesn't open. That's the problem. Two of the show, two of the show cars. Um, they sold one of the two show cars at Christie's Spectra auction for two point four for charity. Two point four million pounds. Two point four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful car. All right. Um, Chris, since, uh, since uh, Brent just did his number three, let's do yours. All right. My number three, probably it's not going to be the most popular, but I'm going to go with the Wet Nelly Lotus Esprit from The Spy Who Loved Me. Because, also my number three. Because that is the car that got me into Bond. Because when my dad and I started watching James Bond, that is, I think that is one of the first movies we started watching. And to watch that cool-ass car turn into fucking damn near everything it was a it was a fucking you know it was so a car you're okay. it, was a, it was a submarine it was it was and it was just it's cool like it's so wait the, a minute wait chris hold on first of all this is my number three as well i yeah. love this car 
but you're okay with a car turning into a submarine, but you're not okay with a car turning invisible? <laughs> I mean... Okay, okay, uh, wait, 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 they literally have amphibious cars in Disney Springs. They do not have invisible cars for people to <laughs> drive. Those okay. cars in Disney Springs stay above the water. Yes, right. but the fact that a car can go in the water and come out of the water is a lot more plausible than an invisible <laughs> hey, fucking car. you come to thought. North Baton Rouge with your car and it will be invisible overnight. He's not okay, lying. That's one, that's, that's one of the few reasons I don't want to come visit you, Brian. One, because I never want to die of alcohol poisoning. Two, I don't want my car to spin. Just saying. Um. <laughs> uh, so, look, I, I totally agree, agree, Chris. This is a, a fantastic car. If there's nothing more futuristic about 1977, it is the Spy Who Loves Me, a Lotus Esprit S1. But this, I mean, but a Lotus, the Lotus is a beautiful car to be like the Lotus Elise. That's a beautiful. Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful car. Gorgeous car. It's a beautiful. Lotus, I mean, so Lotus, Lotus makes a beautiful, and they're not all together inexpensive. They're not. They're not Aston Martin level price wise, so the, they're they're attainable for. The only problem I have with this car is the performance wise. Um, yeah. You know, they, we're they we're talking seventy seven. No, we're talking seventy seven. We're talking a what's supposed to be a sports car. Zero to sixty is eight point four. I mean, this is a vanity car. It, it, I mean, and that's most most. Let's just face it. Most Lotus cars, like even the Lotus Elise, it's a good car. It's performance, but it's not. That's like a. It's not anymore. It was, it's, it was it's, hanging. It's a, that car is hanging with the, the, the DeLorean. It looks good, but it ain't. It ain't doing any. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the, yeah. the Lotus Esprit from Spy Who Spy Who Loved Me is is a DeLorean. Exactly, Brian. It's a DeLorean yeah. car. It's. It's 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 pretty. It's got the 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 lines of the time, but it's got no ass. Now this this car was so bad. It was only made for two years. Yeah, I would still love yeah. to have just one of them. But, oh know. no, it, it, it's a it's a beautiful car for the film. Horrible car on the road. Mm-hmm. It look it, again. It's my number. It's my number three only because. The scenes in the film are iconic. He's being chased in uh, near the, in uh, Sardinia and goes underwater, then fires surface-to-air missiles from underwater and blows the guys up on, on shore, then exits the water, and honestly, the, the scene where he rolls down the window and drops the fish out, just classic Roger Moore. It's oh, campy, yeah. it is horrible, it's... It's so cheesy, but it's, it's, it's Roger Moore Bond. It's Sir Roger Moore. Don't be Sir Roger Moore, dumb, yes. Don't be he then. But, yes. yeah, I mean, it, it, that is that is the part that I remember the most. Like, the whole just driving into the ocean and then, like, literally, like, doing his thing and then driving out of the ocean. Like, oh, you know, you know what? I'm just going to the market, you know, driving, in, driving into the ocean, driving out. Like, yep. no big deal. Like, that's the part, like, that to me, like... That was where like gadget cars were like the thing, and then we started getting into Pierce Brosnan times where it's like you know lasers and rocket launchers and tracers and you know all that weird shit. But is um is uh Barbara Bach in that car or is that uh, uh, Caroline uh, Caroline Munoz the uh, uh, that's Car- Kennedy uh, assistant? That's Caroline Munoz. 
Okay. If I recall correctly. Might be wrong. But, um... Alright. We're getting to the top two. Top two. Brant. Brant. Top two, buddy. What you got? So, this next one is based... Okay. But wait, hold on. Before we before we start, I've already done my number two. My number two is the DB10. Okay. Uh, Brant and I talked about it just five minutes ago. All right, we're skipping. Or yeah. four or forty minutes ago. Yeah, we'll skip over me. Okay. Um. So, this car is literally for one scene, and Scott, you know, I've talked about this, but literally, there's one scene in this movie with this car that. Totally oh, makes yeah, me yeah. fall. That made me fall in love with this car. Um, it for, for uh, here, let me just say it. It's the performance of this car, the driving of this car, the sounds of the engine. It it makes you fall in love with this car. And, and honestly, honorable mention of mine. It's a beautiful car. It really is a perfect, perfect car. The production model, not just the Bond car. So. When, ba- when ahead, Bond leaves Casino Royale and he's chased by the two Alfa Romeros um, and he is hauling ass and then dead in the middle of the road is Vesper. Is it Vesper in that movie? Is that the girl? Yeah, it's Vesper. Vesper Lind. And he hits the brakes and turns and the car flips Supposedly a record-breaking seven barrel rolls. This car, this car takes as he avoids the avoids the girl. I just, I don't know. Damn you, Brent! I fell in love. I fell in love with this car. Damn this you. car from that scene, the sounds, the mm-hmm. shot, everything about it. I, I just was like, this is this car is amazing, and it literally is a glorified Vanquish, which, like you said, the car that goes invisible and all that, and it's bubbly and all. But for some reason, this this car, that scene, the DBS. From Casino Royale is is my number my number yeah. two. That is yeah. that is my as my number two as well. Is that Mar- D- Aston Martin DBS and we were I was reading about it earlier and Lauren actually found this out. That car actually broke the world record for flips for the barrel and beat out Top Gear. But the only way they were able to get it to do the flips was to mount an air cannon on the bottom, a gas cannon on the bottom of the car, because the car was too stable to do the flips that needed to do with the barrel ramp. So they literally had to mount a cannon on the bottom of this goddamn car. To shoot it to make it roll. To shoot it to make it flip seven times, and it flipped seven times and actually broke a world record and beat out the guys on top gear for a flip. That's crazy. It, and it I'm is just a like, beautiful I'm like, car. It's a beautiful car, and like my, you know, you know, Vespers in the road, whatever. But like the fact that when, when that car starts flipping, my heart just goes, like you know, it's one of those things. Like when you see like a, just a classic beautiful car just, just get destroyed, you're like, you, you just, oh, it just it hurts, man. Like that's a beautiful, beautiful car. So, you know what what I what I love about this car is that it, it's underrated because they don't sit there and they don't have um, Q Branch present all the gadgets, but obviously, you know, in a time of desperate need, Bond is, Bond is dying. But he, he, goes almost, car. he almost figures out his gadgets himself, though. Like, they don't tell him yeah, about the fact right. that there's a thing to save his life in the glove compartment. He, he, he just opens it and figures it out. Like, he knows it's there. And that's what I love about the classic yeah. Ian Fleming... Daniel Craig, James Bond. It's a classic yeah. car with the gadgets, but the gadgets are not 
the car, if that makes sense. You know, the car the car is there, but it's the, the, the gadgets do not make the car. The, the gadgets are there to save his fucking life, literally. And then he flips the damn things. Yeah, I mean, the guy that, the guy that designed this Aston Martin, Merrick Reichman, um, I mean... His stuff is so amazing. The the one seven seven, the DBS, the Rapide, the Vanquish, the Vulcan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is responsible for Aston Martin getting back into motor racing, getting back into the GT racing series mm-hmm. where they were long forgotten for a while. Yeah. Um, and then again, designing he designed the DB ten. Th- this is a fantastic car, and I I know I didn't put this on my list. Only because I think that the gadgets in this car don't mount up to other gadgets, and I think that's what makes a Bond car a Bond car, as opposed to a straight production car. I mean, I kid you not, if I'm going to pick a straight production car to drive on an everyday basis, if I won the lottery tomorrow and was able to buy any car, the DBS V12 in Casino Royale is the one I'm going with. It's a perfect, perfect car. All right, so. So number ones. Number ones. Brand. Brand. You want to go? Let's go. Which wait, 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 you wait, wait, wait. First of all, did you do your two, Scott? My, my two is my two. My number two is the DB10. DB10. My number two is the DBS. I'm pretty so, sure okay. all of our number ones is the same fucking car. I think we all know what it is. Yeah. Okay. It's the Aston Martin 1964 DB5. Yep. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It literally is. Yeah. This oh my is God. Yes. the car that is, is synonymous with James Bond. It is the Bond car. Like, I mean, yes. but it, 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 it goes from classic Bond to new Bond. So you got Quantum Assault. The, to, to me, where it got me in, like, the feels with the, this car was Skyfall. That's where... Yeah, that car. No, was... no, no. Go back to Casino Royale where oh, he yeah. wins the car. He wins the car from the poker game with, um, uh, she, what's the guy? This is face? the one he drives in the in the in the circle. It's like yeah, we're, we're he home. Picks, he picks up. So, yeah. He picks up Severine or no Solange. He picks up Solange and says, "Well, have a drink at my place." She's like, "I'm not going to cheat on my husband. I'm not that cruel." He's like. Maybe you're just out of practice. I love that line. But he, no, he wasn't at the casino for that. That was him. He's still on the beach. Yeah. He, no, he's in the yeah, ocean, that's club. ocean club. The that's ocean club. Not. not yeah. But that's yeah. not. A, that's not. No. That, no. It's he's in Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the Bahamas. But yeah. And I mean, that's where Aston Martin DB5, man. You can't. It's a nice. It's a nice tie into the story of how he got the how we got this car. But when you when you you talk classic James Bond. Not only yeah. do you say you, you, but I mean, if you're talking classic James Bond, what number one you're talking Aston Martin? Period. Just of course. Any Aston Martin. I mean, obviously, like our most of our top fives were Aston Martin brands, but the DB5 is yeah. the the one that transcends, I think, through all the Bond movies. That's the DB5 is it's there, and it's just God, it's just a sexy ass car. I mean, and look. When I mean when you when you think about it, I mean you think about all the video games that that I mean I don't know I don't know if you guys play car racing video games, but uh, between the Forza series or your um, probably racing uh, using more Scott, you shoot me with a fucking rocket launcher, you dick. Well, no, <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's fun to drive this car because you feel immediately you look at this car and you feel like James Bond. Yep. This is synonymous with James Bond. Yep, and you get. You know, you know, and I was thinking about this the other day. 
think after a conversation you and I had, Scott, I would love like a Need for Speed or a something type of game, but it's just straight James Bond cars throughout the okay, years so from start to finish. Need- but I want the gadgets and the corresponding cars. So, like so then you need to you need to download uh, Forza Horizon Four with the James Bond package, and you can drive all these cars throughout England, throughout Scotland and England in this world. But I want them. I want them all like. But I want the ability to do all the James Bond cars throughout the, all the movies, mm-hmm. throughout all the areas where they were. The movies were Japan, so China, da- so America, Cuba, the Bahamas. I want. The ability I, to take I think, all these cars everywhere. I think they have like 12 of them. Not all of them, but like 12 of them. But that would just, I mean, to, I mean me to be able to like, you know, drive a Lotus Esprit down the road, shoot somebody with a rocket and then just take it off or take it off the side of the road into the water and go submarine style. And then, you know, keep going. It'd just be yeah. awesome. It's, look, it's a beautiful car. I think this one looking at it is what you think of James Bond. And yeah. there's no doubt about it, it's everyone's favorite James Bond film. If you think uh, if you think James, James Bond, Bond you think Aston, you think James Bond, you think Aston Martin. I think most people think DB five or DBS. Most people can't Oh tell no, the no, it's definitely D B five. Most it's people can't tell DB5. the difference between the D B five and DBS because, you know, they don't know, but D B five is classic James Bond. Well, there are two totally different cars. I know, but you know, they hear you they hear asimar db they're thinking by the way um chris just as we're on the db5 um your bmw z3 when was that built oh god you're gonna ask me stupid questions it was nine was it oh, 94 94 what was the zero what was the zero to 60 on that one not good at all zero to 60 with 10.9 like 10 something 10 something the 1964 Aston Martin DB5 has a zero to sixty in eight seconds, two seconds faster. And that's, it would that, lick this thing off. It would that, lick that, the BMW the, off the line. The funny thing is that's that's the factory settings on that Aston Martin. Yeah, too. right. That's the factory settings. You let you let a mechanic get hold of that, you know, fuck with it a little bit. That's not the factory settings. Mm-hmm. That uh, so, but what I I love so even the Vanquish, the DBS. What the DB10 has as much? Yeah, DB10 does. They all have that classic Aston Martin. I'm gonna call it a oh, smile. Oh, the grill. Where it, like it has just, that little just, dip it's down. A, it's a smile. You got the you got the you got the 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 curves on the front the front fenders and you got the the headlights. And then you got that front grill that just got. It's that, a that it's cluster. a high top line of it. Curves, curves down, down to a yeah. low top line. Love it. Every Aston Martin just, you know, you can see an Aston Martin just know from that, from the front half of the car forward what it is because of that grill, the headlights, and the front, the front, the front side panels. Like, you can just yeah. tell. It's got that oval shape, the oval shape headlights, the, the smile, the smile grill, and just that lower, the lower, um, front with the, the, the side, the side walls are just higher, so it just got that. Yeah. I mean, this one was, uh, I mean, David Brown didn't design this, but he was the kind of the leading man who, who promulgated this, this car. This was the, this was really the, the thing that put Aston Martin on on the map. I mean, from, first of all, all of James Bond's 
literary character drove a Rolls Royce. That was his thing. Well, yeah, I mean the Rolls Royce Phantom. Oh, I'm Bentley, sorry, I, no, Bentley. no, no, Bentley, a Bentley, Bentley. He well, drove a yeah, Bentley. He drove. They, well, they drove. Uh, there was a Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. No, there were there were Rolls Royce, but he drove a Bentley. James Bond loved the Bentley. Oh, Ian yeah. Fleming loved a Bentley. It wasn't until really 1963 that Aston Martin cemented itself as a iconic British car maker. Yeah. And to this day, I mean, you think about the British car makers. Uh, you know, obviously Rolls Royce, Bentley are are very luxury branded cars, whereas like Jaguar and Aston Martin are the, the sports models cars it's kind of become the Jaguar is the villain's car and the Aston Martin is the good guy car it's kind of cool that way it is yeah you're not wrong about that at all so I'm just digging through I'm laughing at Scott you sent me this jamesbondlifestyle.com I'm just dig, digging, oh, digging yeah, through all these. Oh, yeah, that's the biggest time waste yeah, of my life. I'm just digging <laughs> through all these vehicles, and I and I run across the Calip, the Caterpillar 320DL hydro hydraulic excavator from Skyfall, where he's on the, on oh, the yeah. train with the excavator, <laughs> like rips the, uh, rips the train car yeah. in half. Yeah. Oh, you know, look. Apart from uh, apart from the cars, there's plenty of vehicles that James Bond gets into, and, and there's way too many to name. Oh man, yeah. Uh, boats, uh, the Q boat from World Is Not Enough to the boats from uh, Live and Let Die. By the way, Brent, you need to watch Live and Let Die. Most of it's filmed yeah. in Louisiana. Live and Let Die. Yeah. Yeah, great, great song. So, great soundtrack. Um, That's one of the best soundtracks. It's a, it's a Beatles. Uh, jo- uh, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Okay, it is yeah. a Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney song, but yes, yeah. Ninety ninety percent of that damn movie is filmed in Louisiana. Yep. Great, great film. Uh, yeah, there's so many, so many vehicles Bond gets into. I mean, it's as as Natalia Semenova says, "Boys with toys." Exactly. <laughs> That's what the film's about. That's why we love it. It's why men love James Bond. I have yet to have my wife watch, really watch a James Bond film because it's a guy's film. But it's I mean, joke. but I mean, that's one of the reasons I sincerely hope that Daniel Craig keeps doing Bond. As much as yeah, he, he's done, he I think he's says done. that bu- he's been saying that bullshit since the first movie, though. Since the first movie, he said after the Casino while it was a one-off. He did it to revive the. The franchise, and he's done four more movies after that. Scott, he's first of blow- all, I think he, I think he loves the film he's series. A, he's he's blowing smoke up our ass. He loves it because I hope he, so because he, I love him as James to, Bond. To me, to me, we had this discussion earlier. Craig is Bond. We got I got yes. Connery, and then I got Craig. If Connery can no longer do it because he's always shit, but. Craig is Bond. If he he is quintessentially Ian Fleming's James Bond. If you read the books, if you read the novels, if you read you know the scripts, the the, the snippets, whatever, he is Ian Fleming's James Bond. He is that you know that just that character is him, and he. It's probably one of my and I, that's one of my favorite movies. 
section sets sets of the James Bond movies is you know with Craig in there. So I really hope. No, I, I I love Craig. I I love yep. Craig. I really think the modern films uh, portray a better James Bond than most of the generations. I I do think that. I think I, I, really I think that, I think the uh, the uh, the Pierce Brosnan age ones were playing to the times. They're playing well, to the, the, the flashy, sciencey gadgets of the. Yeah, but I think Brosnan just went over the top because at that time, if you look at the movies that were coming out at that time, they were the the techie, the flashy, the the woman, you know, the women in the small outfits and the just the it was just it was. Most Are you going to tell me that? Are you going to tell me that Christmas Jones can't dis- diffuse a nuclear bomb? Oh, she absolutely can. All day, all day long, my friend. All, I mean, I loved, I loved Denise Richards, but man, that was a horrible casting. Oh, she can do it all day long, buddy. Um, but uh, no, but I mean, I just think Pierce Brosnan's Bond was just playing. Just too I'll say much it this way: times. I think every Bond plays to the generation in which they were cast. Sean Connery is perfect for the 60s and early 70s. Roger Moore is perfect for that campy 70s, early 80s film. Until until Sean Connery comes back again. That film does not exist. (laughs) Dalton is a good filler. I think Dalton's gritty. I think if Dalton's character is... Dalton's character actually reminds me a lot of Daniel Craig. Really gritty... Not the romantic, not the campy, but more of the half monk, half hitman character that James Bond's supposed to be. So you don't count um, Diamonds Are Forever as a James Bond movie. No, no, Never Say Never Again is not a James Bond film. Okay, I was all right. Diamonds Are Forever is a James Bond film. I just don't really like it because it's weird. It's set in Vegas, and it's too. Again, it it blurs the line between Connery. And more, and it's just that little bit too campy for Connery to to act in. Yeah, sir. So, um, look, a lot of fun talking Bond cars. Bond cars are the best. It's really one of my favorite parts of the film. Uh, we'll get into some other parts as we go along. We're gonna do more of these short parts throughout the uh, the course of this this quarter, where we talk about our top five Bond uh, brands. We got to do watches. Obviously, yes. Bond is famous for watches. Uh, gadgets. I'll do gadgets. Um, I'm in on gadgets. We got we to do Bond girls. We got to do Bond uh, locations. And there's so much to talk about James Bond. Fashion. It's it's really just a quintessential guys film where uh, as uh, you can cover the uh, whole you can cover the whole gambit though. You can cover drinks, women, guns, oh, yeah. money, booze. I mean. I mean, I mean, hell, Bond's been to Key West. I got that covered. Yeah, I that just, uh, I just realized that there's a a Bond destination in Nassau that I literally, I know, I saw from. What? Uh, oh yeah, from, Wait, the, what? Boat, Wait, from what? the boat that uh, I mean, I, I, uh, the British uh, colonial Hilton in Nassau that Sean Connery yes. and Never Say Never Again. Was shot there, and I, I mean, I know oh. literally outside. That's where the Senor Frogs is, and I remember pulling up to the port and being the like, "Oh look, Senor Frogs is right there." But that hotel was a and site for a Bond film. 
And Casino Royale was filmed on Paradise Island in, mm-hmm. in the Bahamas. Is that where yeah. the one and only club is? They say it's an actual club. But I yeah, to, it, yeah, but yeah I went to that it is. It's on, it's on oh, the yeah. Paradise Island in the Bahamas. It's the one, one and only club. It's literally But I went to that website. That I went to the link. website and I don't fucking I don't see it. So I don't know if it's, does it doesn't oh, exist yeah, it's, anymore. It's or there. Yeah. Oh, no, it's it's still there and it's really expensive. I bet. I mean, they have like Maldives and... South Africa. Yes. And all the well, the, pr- the prices the prices went up since the movie too. If I recall reading correctly, mm-hmm. the prices on that hotel, the set hotels from the Daniel Craig movies, tripled overnight. Uh, of course it did. I can only. only I mean, I've looked at it for years to to go there, and eventually, when I get a a, a weekend away, uh, that's my place to go. Um, obviously. James Bond is, is big in all our lives. We're going to continue with this James Bond series as we as we continue to uh, drink more whiskey, tell you about more whiskey. Let's talk about this new riff. Brant, what's your number on this? Um, man, this one, this one's pretty good. I, I got to tell you the... I like it a lot. I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going 80... Go 88. Was okay. It pretty good. All right. I, I see you because I give it an 88 too. It's a it's a really good whiskey, really good. And the guys that did the barrel pick, awesome job. Chris, what's your number on it? I'm gonna give it a ninety. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I really like it. It's I'm gonna go in with a, a ninety good. just because you know I've had the other the other barrel pick from them, and this one's a little step above because the complexity of the fact that it drinks like a bourbon and drinks like a rye. And man, barrel proof and just it's complex. Barrel proof, notch. It. it you, it is complex. It's barrel-proof. It's non-chill filtered. It's it's only a four-year-old bourbon. Yeah. So you get, yeah. you're getting three marks on it, and something it doesn't drink like a four-year-old bourbon. Is I mean, you not- think of you think of the the some of the uh, I don't want I don't want to say this badly, but the cheap stuff, Buffalo Trace, you know, six years, um, Woodford Reserve six, uh, Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond is usually four to six years. This is only four years. Literally to the day, four years and three days. Awesome whiskey. So age does not mean better. Nope. Age is age and color do not equate to better at all. No. Urban. I've learned that over the past year from talking to you and Brant. Like age and color don't mean shit. Yeah, we found that out with the uh, the admin calendar that color does not mean you are guaranteed a great whiskey. Yeah, I mean, just I got this one that had the new riff. This this new riff, and then I had another one that was way young. It was a little bit younger than this one, but it it didn't drink like a three year old, four year old whiskey. It drank like a you know a well aged ten five to ten year. Like yeah. it just the the flavor, the way they aged it, and everything just. You know, put it over the edge. Uh, so look, uh, Chris, thank you for coming down to the Speakeasy. We really enjoyed having you these these last couple of weeks. Always, you know, it's fun to talk Bond with a with a fellow Bondian. Um, <laughs> Bondian. Brant, Brant, Bondian. I know you have. I know you have have gotten into the the Bond lifestyle page. Uh, I'm in the Bond. There's a bunch of. Wait, what? Yeah. In the bondage. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of websites that I regularly visit. Suits of Bond, uh, Bond Lifestyle, 
Um, Iconic Alternatives does a great job with finding Daniel Craig's style or Sean Connery's style and translating that to the everyday man. Um, I, I just love this idea of being James Bond, of the the lifestyle, the the great clothes, the good you know the good diet, the good uh, mm-hmm. he's eating caviar, he's drinking whiskey, he's drinking champagne. It's it's just a fun lifestyle to imagine. So it really is, yep. And it's just. It's one of those. It's one of those lifestyles that you know. Any man can adapt to his life. You know, like you know, mm-hmm. if you want to be Bond. There's a way to be Bond. I mean, whether it be with the whiskey or be with the cars, it be with the you know the women or the gadgets or like the watches or the clothes. Like you can be bonded some way. I I think the best way to do that is to take pride in what you do. Exactly. Um, take. Take pride in how you dress. Take pride in how you act, and uh, just live the best you can. Just literally put your best foot forward. Live your best life. Yeah, love yeah. it. So, Chris, thanks for joining us tonight. It's it was a lot of fun. Greatly I'm glad you it, enjoyed. The, Thank you. I'm glad you uh, invited me to the the South Carolina Bourbon Society. It's it's a really cool place. Go check it out. But awesome, awesome store pick from them, or whatever. I, I guess we call it a store pick because that's what it is. It is. It is. It, well, it's a. It's a. Well, it's a bear. It's a club pick. I would call it a club pick because yeah. that's where they, that's what they did. They didn't. It didn't go through a store. They went. They went the club went and picked it out. So yeah, it's a really cool, really cool atmosphere there. So if you want to go check it out, uh, search SCSB. SCBC. SCBC. That's it. Uh, South Carolina Bourbon Club, it's it's pretty cool. Check it out, and uh, by all means, join it. But also, uh, February's just ending. We've got a couple days left. Invite your friends. Join the join the Secret Speakeasy. Join the uh, the BSEA so we can uh, we can grow our own Bourbon Club, and uh, and see where this goes because uh, we love to do some barrel picks. Absolutely. Hell yeah, man. I would. Love to travel to Kentucky and pick out some bourbons. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. I, I'm down. I'm, I Pledge do drive. I'm only a few hours away. Let's do it. <laughs> Pledge drive number two. Uh, so, so Chris, thanks for coming on. Um, always. Brant, always a great time. And we're ready for uh, for next uh, the next show. We've got some really cool stuff coming up in March and April. The Mac 12 series. But also, Brant, as we finish up and lead up to No Time to Die, we got that McCallan M coming in. Oh, I want some. I can't. I can't wait. It's uh, yeah. I'll, I'll always you have those rare opportunities to drink super rare whiskey, and uh, this is definitely one of them. I know we talked in a past episode. I Man, I got to drink that rare cast black on the Disney Dream a month month or so ago, and. Uh, it was amazing, and those things also always make you think of not just what you're drinking, but where it came from and, and what went into making it. And I know that M's going to be, you know, you're going to have that those thoughts kind of going through your head. So interested in, uh, in that for sure, because obviously, I mean, I know the first time I drank Macallan 30, I wasn't even 30 years old, and you're like, man, this was born, <laughs> this was born before, before I was, and, and I'm... I'm, I'm yeah, assuming I, some of the stuff that's in that M is probably older than both of us, and that's it's kind of crazy, though. 
I think that some of the stuff in Macau and M is older than both of us combined. I think there's <laughs> 60, 70, 80 year old whiskey in there. Yeah, so it's uh, it's going to be an exciting time, and uh, that's kind of our cap off uh, to James Bond. We're going to drink that first, but one of the things we're going to drink on that last show in April, and I want to get you guys involved in this because it's the iconic drink from James Bond. I know Brant being a film uh, or Vesper being a fan Martini. of the modern films, the Vesper Martini. Yes, mm. we're going to drink that. Mm. So if you want to drink that, I'm going to give you the recipe now. It is three ounces of, of gin, one ounce of vodka, half a measure of Kinalilay. You can find that at any uh, regular uh, liquor store, any good liquor store. We'll have that. If not, get a get a dry vermouth. But also, what you're going to do, and this is my little tip. Add just a dash of bitters to it. That's going to give you the classic Kinalale flavor that is not there anymore in today's uh, uh, batch of Kinalale. Lille Blanc, yeah, Lille Blanc. So once you do that, shake it over ice until cold. You know, throw it into a martini glass and serve with a large, thin slice of lemon peel. I love it. I'm actually Stop. going to get Gordon's gin just so I can have them. The, the classic? classic? Yeah. You know what, Brent? You can get Gordon's Gin because that formula has not changed since 1950 something. So the the uh, so we got three ounces of gin, one ounces of uh, vodka. Vodka. Preferably, preferably, I would I would suggest a wheat a wheat vodka like Belvedere. That's where you're gonna get the best flavor to combine with the gin. And then the one ounce of Kinalale. It's actually you're not gonna mm-hmm. find that. It's gonna be just called Lale Blanc. It's it's a half ounce half ounce of Kinalale. Blanc. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's spelled lit. It's spelled lit. Lit. L i l i l l e t. L i l i l l e t. Yeah. Lit. Yeah. Great, great martini. Honestly, every time I go out for a steak dinner, it's what I order. And thankfully, thanks to Casino Royale and Skyfall and the new Bond films, it's no longer a mystery to people. Yep. Unless you're in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. All right. Well, look, Brant, uh, can't wait to get forward on this Bond series. It's kind of fun talking about Bond, drinking whiskey. Uh, we've had way too much fun these these past couple nights. So, look, uh, I want I want to thank you guys for joining this week on on the show. If you came here to learn. Drink if you learn. If you came here to share. Share what you drink. If you came in here a stranger. Me exit as a friend. And if you came for an adventure. Drink, drink up. up. Cheers. Cheers. Everybody. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Good night. Good night.